10 years, three boys, one question, are we friends? Hello there, and welcome to the podcast. The name whispered from the angelic voice of the muse of which is Are We Friends? I am your ionic atop Mount Helicon poet of a co-host, Taylor. I am your co-co-host, Brian. And I'm Jorge. And this is the show where three boys and a cadre of millions of their friends online go through their interests one at a time and talk to each other about whether or not this makes them friends or if it's just inertia. This week, we are talking about the eighth wonder of the modern world. It is, like many of the modern uh, wonders, underappreciated and often unknown. We are talking about the cinematic bereavement achievement that is the 1981 film Roar. Um, couple couple things. Number one, did you say Mangelic? As in... Um. <laughs> <laughs> The part of of manly and angelic. I didn't know if it was like of both man and angel or of very manly angels. (laughs) He's he's not just sexy, he's mangelic. Yeah, Yeah, no, no, Uh, I uh, I think I just slurred over my words. (laughs) Because I I do that shit live, and so so, sometimes it's just like the wires cross between (laughs) mouth and thinky parts. Yeah, so you said we're talking about Roar, right? Yeah, and uh, Roar was given to us by our good friend and listener, RJ. Um, he's been trying to get me to watch this for a while um, and suggested it as a topic for the show. And so I, I brought it to Jorge and Brian, and we all watched it yesterday, and holy shit. Yeah, this is also <laughs> our first official Are We Friends With You topic. So first one coming in mm-hmm. from a listener. From exactly yes. So we're gonna we're gonna be yeah. looking at the inertia <laughs> between us and and y'all. This is the fucking. This is that. Uh, what is it? The creation of Adam, the one where God and Adam are touching fingers. Oh, oh on the top of the Sistine right Chapel. Now. Yeah, God yes, and Adam. Touch. This is man. our moment. This is our moment. Yeah, where we're so, touching the listeners. Fingy touching time. Our cloud. Fingy touching. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I liked at first when you said, are we friends with you topic? Like, nope, it's now our fingy touchy time topic. Yes. <laughs> and so Roar, uh, so, like I was saying earlier, 1981, and it is known as the most dangerous movie ever made. Does someone want to just like briefly describe the premise of this movie to catch everybody up here? There's, okay, there's no premise to this film. The real, the only premise in the film is the real life production, which is, multi-millionaire egomaniacs almost get themselves killed because they walk into an abandoned house with literally tons of lions and tigers and jaguars and leopards and I think an elephant or three and they somehow survive although I'm very skeptical on that I'm legitimately surprised that you didn't end that list of animals with oh my like a I bear. couldn't get the bears in there. If I got the bears in there, that would have been fine, but it wouldn't work otherwise. Uh, now, and they didn't use any bears. Correct me if I'm wrong, so, but like, from my be... reading of mm-hmm. the Wikipedia article, they yes. found that abandoned house where that pride of lions had taken over in Africa, or they like heard about correct. it and went and saw it, and then 
when they were back in the United States, they actually, at one of their homes, introduced like a hundred wildcats. Yes. <laughs> and let's, exactly let's be perfectly clear on this point. There is a point uh, at the beginning opening credits where they say, because these are all wild animals and untrained, what they do is unique to them. So they deserve to be accredited too. And so, you know. <laughs> Lion's name is playing Lion's name, and Togar the lion is playing Togar the lion. <laughs> it's just like, Togar, what the dude. fuck name is Togar. going on? Um, I also uh, love that they have Togar, but then like the lion, the main lion's main in quote lion's <laughs> name is Robbie. <laughs> like the alpha is named Robbie, and the fucking other one that's challenging his power is Togar, what's... and you're like, what kind of fucking? And that's like. <laughs> That's how you know this movie didn't have a script because Robbie the Lion yeah. is in no way faced by Togar. Yeah. <laughs> Togar the Indomitable. Togar the Fierce. Togar the Feral. I mean, it's because Robbie is nice. You can't call him like Gigantosaurus if he's the nice lion. Correct. <laughs> he's like Robbie the Kind. Yeah. Uh, and Robbie the Polite. Dude, I don't want a hug from a lion named Togar covered in blood, which he is, by the way, oh. which is definitely human blood. <laughs> All the time. 80 to 100% of the shots have Togar with blood on him. <laughs> That's how they distinguish him, is he always has blood yeah, on him. He always just has blood. From definitely the real people that he attacked. <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, to be clear, God. like, so far what we've talked about is not the movie. It is legitimately the actors have, like, own these lions because there were no no lion yeah. tamers wanted to come bring lions. And they're like, that you can't do that. That's too many lions. Exactly. Um, so, the the basic yeah the basic plot of the film is that plot a guy is working on it's basically what happened in real life except they just kind of fuddy duddied with stuff and they were like a scientist working on animal stuff like research lives with a bunch of lions and tiger all these cats in Africa and then brings his family over to live there but he's not there when they arrive. So the family just goes through a horror movie for the next 50 minutes yeah. and tries to survive a giant house filled with horrible monsters. Yeah, about literally scores of lions. Yeah, 90% of this movie is either, one, like, very cute times with all sorts of different cats, and they're, like, hugging mm -hmm. and playing around on the ground. There's cute little babies getting fed milk and stuff. And the other half of it is just horrific family being attacked by lions. Yeah. And it's just, like... They're, they'll open the door and like a whole <laughs> flood of lions will just come pouring in and they're real. And it's just like, oh my God, they're not actors. Like they're not trained. These people are in real no, danger. And that was, yeah. <laughs> this, this was scarier than any horror film that I've ever seen because subconsciously you have that protection. It's all made up. It's okay. Yeah. Whereas what we're seeing here, like, no, 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 no. That's seriously someone being scalped right there. Like, oh my God, that's real yeah. blood. Oh my God. I'm watching a snuff film of a lion yeah. eating somebody. <laughs> like, like this is horrifying. Yeah. And Brian, do you want to talk a little bit about the actors since you're probably most familiar with them? Yes. So, um, if you've seen movies, and especially in like the <laughs> 60s to 90s, no, no, like, no, no, sorry. If you've specifically seen movies in like the 60s to 90s range of films, um, the two female actresses, you will recognize their names instantly. Um, this was made by a guy named Noel Marshall and his wife, or his then wife, that's very, you know, important to say, it's his then wife. Oh, really? Um, yeah, they did not Tippi stay Hedren. married. Who would have guessed? 
What a yeah, complete shock that they movie. wouldn't stay married after this. Um, uh, his wife is Tippi Hedren, who most of you will know as the uh, lead actress in the movie The Birds by Alfred Hitchcock. Um, they have their actual family in this movie because there's no way they would get any actual actors to fucking walk around with a bunch of murderous lions uh, or at least be in scenes with them. There are some emphasize yeah. that enough. These are wild animals that these yeah. actors and crew were subjected to for 11 this... years. This movie took to exactly. take. Yep. Two, two of the actors who are not main characters, two of the actors are trainers and they are just doing their best. And <laughs> I think some of the animals are trained, but most of them are not. So this is re like, I cannot stress that enough. I do not care if this is some giant work where it's like, oh, we've secretly got a thing. No, it's all, it's real. They really have the real animals that are wild, that are not fully domesticated, trained animals. They do not obey commands as they should. Yeah. Um, but the rest of the family is, I believe it's John and Jerry Marshall are the two other uh, boys, uh, young men. Everybody's thankfully over 18, it looks, in this movie. Uh, but the daughter is Oh, no, because if they had actress. someone who was under, if they had someone under 18 in this movie, <laughs> that would have been the hors d'oeuvre. Like, that that child yeah. would have been taken we up and watched swallowed. Someone... Yeah. We would have watched someone get eaten on film. Um, like an excitable toddler Mel- and a chicken nugget. <laughs> the daughter is Melanie Griffith, who is in quite a few things in the late 80s, early 90s um, time frame. Yeah, and she she's like legitimately your daughter right yeah yeah yeah. oh yeah this legitimately tippy hedren's daughter yeah i think tippy it's hedren Noel who Marshall got like what 200 200 stitches because she was mauled by a lion and almost <laughs> lost her eye so One of we'll them. get to the no no we'll, we'll get to the body count um a little <laughs> bit later i want to i want to go over some of the movie before we just dip right into the you're body right you're count. right you're right um be, but that is good to note that is good to know. Yeah, <laughs> to keep uh, in mind that there were consequences to this film. So you might think that it's like they're going to to the father's home so they can just like hide in rooms and stuff from the lions. But it's I, I don't know how that shack was built. I, really, it's just that the lions are absolute monsters. And when Togar's yeah. in there looking for them, he's literally ripping down walls in this shack to get to them. The, the structural integrity of this house completely goes to zero after Togar's rampage. He does not care. He goes through doors. He go through he goes through walls. Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers ain't got shit on Togar. There's literally a line the entire house. In the first act of the movie, before the family gets to the haunted house on Murder Hill, they they <laughs> literally he says, like, no, it's fine that the, the lions and everything are in the house. I mean, I keep the upstairs locked. And like we clearly see no. them trying to like barricade doors and Togar the lion just <laughs> I'm gonna eat you like right through. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the scene in the original Halloween when she's hiding in the closet and Michael Myers mm-hmm. breaks through the flimsy closet door, it's like yes. that over and over again, but they're ripping apart the entire closet and all walls surrounding it. And, and it's not a guy in a William Shatner mask. It's a like, literal lion yeah. doing it. <laughs> I can't emphasize this enough. It's like if that was really happening. Like if there was a six foot ten absolute unit of a man with a kitchen knife trying to kill Jamie Lee Curtis during shooting like not just in the movie like yeah the lion was on top of them when it was on top of them there was no faking there was no whatever there were a few scenes 
I will 100% say this. Um, spoilers for the movie. Who fucking cares? It's free um, on YouTube, and if you can make it all the, the way two, through, that's exactly. fine. Honestly, start watching it with this episode. Like, put the, put it on and, like, kind of lower some of the volume so you can hear us. And just start watching <laughs> the episode. Uh, or just start watching the movie. Uh, there is two, like, dickhead poachers. Like, the standard Jurassic Park villain. Think of that, right? Who, by the way, like in this movie are... Yeah. Uh, but I use Jurassic Park because there's been eight of those movies. Like, you know, a million of those movies. And it's always the same bad guy. Like, there's never a difference. There's always a poacher-type guy. Yeah. Um, but they have two of those characters who, in this case, they're totally the protagonist. They're the heroes. Like, they're the right <laughs> people. They're correct. They're, I don't care what the message of this movie was. They were right. Um, there are too get, many lions. They need to be <laughs> they, called. This is an get, ecological get, thing uh, that needs to happen. They get eaten and killed in the movie. They survived them like that was fake. There's fake. There's set. There's special effects. They use like a dummy thing with their clothes on it to show them getting fucking ripped apart. But like, that's it in terms of fake stuff. Because which can I can I ask about like what Noel Marshall Please. was thinking there? Because just for one fucking Nothing. second, can we just like go back to 1981 oh. to 1992 and ask him like, is do we really no, want to habituate? <laughs> do we do we really want to habituate these lions to rip apart something that is wearing the clothes of a man to and is yeah in in the shape and color of the man that looks yeah. like is standing right there watching his own figure yes. be disemboweled by the literal wild in animal that we uniform. are in the shaking same hands catching on camera oh like oh my god yeah this is on top of Here's teaching round them round one lion this is on top of teaching them how to get past our foolish technology to get to us. <laughs> There's a part where they're in a boat yeah. and an elephant just picks up the boat, knocks all the people out of it, and just smashes it to bits. <laughs> there's there's These a scene where one of the one dicks. of the the sons is trying to defend himself against the literal deluge of lions that are coming into the room and he he rips out all the shelves in an old refrigerator like the old latching kind and tries to pull it closed but of course he can't pull it all the way closed because he he'll suffocate so he just a little bit keeps it a little bit open and we watched a lion in real time in (laughs) real life figure out that he could open up this door to get to the tasty nougat center that is the man flesh. It's just like, oh my God. It was it was as if you watched in real life that scene where the Velociraptor figures out getting the door handle right, like with his claws. Like we watched the Animal Kingdom's inspiration for that. You could see like his thumb evolving in, like from yeah. the paw. <laughs> just growing out of his paw. Just yeah, not just that. There's a scene- polydactyl cat. There's a scene where he's talk where the main character's talking to one of the lions and he's like trying to get him to do something. And I swear yeah. to God, you hear the lion go, no. And it's just like you're teaching them to talk. Oh my god, this is that was Gary the lion, and he was oh, he was god. the I think he was the son of Robbie, and he didn't want to go he was outside. Son of the king? I think so. Um he but he yeah, he was literally going, Oh, and it sounded like no, and you're like this is this is, yeah, this is Jurassic Park in the making right now. Um, yeah, that but God. that that door moment reminded me of um, two other things. Taylor brought up the elephant who very specifically grabs their boat and fucking rips it to complete shreds in front of them, and I just that made me laugh. And before when they're in the they're actually in a boat trying to just get away from the house, right? And they're on this little river. And by the way. 
the cats can swim. So tigers are with them in the water, fucking around, fucking with them. They get to the shoreline, but they're rowing backwards, right? They can't see where they're going. They turn and they're steering into the shoreline and there's like four lions right there. And they're, they're open mouths waiting. And you see, yeah. and you see the lion just put his paw <laughs> on the edge of the boat and pull it back towards them every time they start trying to pull away. And it's like, oh my God, how did anyone get out of this film alive? Yeah, the tigers also love jumping into boats to sink them. <laughs> They'll like specifically get in them and then pull them underwater. Every single time someone was on a boat in this movie near the cats, a tiger or two jumped into the boats and just lay like stood on them proudly as they sank like the lusitania Wait, just like you could, it even went. goes it goes even beyond that because you can clearly tell that the tiger can stay in the boat if it wants to because there's like a 30 yes. second period where the tiger's like cool i'm totally balanced now you know what i'm gonna do with this totally balanced boat yeah. unbalance it it just, <laughs> it just leans over it just to the side it's just oh my god they're literally you're you're giving them a situation where like ravens figure out how to put coins and get yeah. peanuts but how do i push down and create the intimate traps to play with my food to give it that nice fear juice through its veins yeah exactly and it's not even like they're sadistic about it there's a playfulness with which it's just they like to mock us dumb monkeys yes <laughs> um that i think i think the lions were when they were being playful, they were, I think, legitimately just being playful, but they're lions. The tigers, I think, literally liked to play with their food, and they were like, oh, we're fucking with yeah, these people. Yeah, we're about to eat them. Yeah, we're, yeah, they're so scared, and we love it's like it. When we you, feed off their fear When juice. you watch a cat, like, release a mouse just to catch mm -hmm. it again, and you could, like, if, if cats had the vocal structure <laughs> yeah. to laugh, imagine you're the mouse uh, watching as a mouse yeah. also, this happened to a mouse. That is the exactly. experience of imagine watching this movie. What? Imagine an insane mouse took him and his mouse family to live in an apartment with like eight to ten cats. It just was like, I'll record it for 11 years. That'll go well. Yeah, there's a part where one of them's hiding in a barrel of water. And oh. one by one, the lions all start coming to drink the water because they're like, oh, this water tastes really good for some yeah. reason. Uh, <laughs> and it, he keeps trying to like stay underwater yeah, just, and having to all, pop his head out. quality and, to it. Yeah, there's all these... <laughs> lions like looking in on them and it just it feels like it's the damn hyenas from lion king just like <laughs> laughing and like <laughs> fucking with zazu all that it's absolutely terrifying yeah all that being said though i actually really like the movie i this movie for me was just weaponized anxiety so i didn't <laughs> like <laughs> i definitely i think it's a good one-time viewing because one time it's real and you know it's real, and that's where the anxiety comes from in the footage. It's not necessarily like great filmmaking, but it's way better than I thought it was. I think I'm going to um, watch it again. Because I, oh. I, I like, the thing is, I was expecting it to be horrifically shot, terrible music, yes. horrible acting, like just bad across definitely, the board, like definitely. almost unwatchable. That's usually how movies yeah. with this kind of story are. But it was like... Because it just has a gimmick. Like, yeah, the sh yeah, it was not just a gimmick movie. I thought the shooting was like good. I don't know about any of the acting, but the... I mean, there was sometimes it would all of a sudden spike up and be very, very so good acting I was gonna because say, they were let being me say ripped this. to pieces. Let me say this. The acting in the movie is pretty bad, but the people <laughs> in the movie are incredible because you yeah. can feel every real reaction. Yeah, the soundtrack's interesting because sometimes... Here. 
Oh, Go sorry. No, yeah. Tell us about the soundtrack, and then I'll read you all this quote. I, I was saying the uh, sometimes it goes from like horror music because Togar is ripping mm-hmm. down the house to all of a sudden, oh, but look at this this lion bounding around and having fun, and it turns <laughs> the joyous music, even though he is on their way to eat yeah. them. It's it's the same. It's the it shifts tones with the same alacrity that Tiny Tina like shifts from being cutesy to murderous in that one Twilight Zone episode. Mm. And that's what makes it all the more sinister for me is the bouncing <laughs> back and forth. So I've 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 got a quote here from the media outlet Time Out from 2004 that describes this movie as, quote, a farcical melange of pseudo David Attenborough and Disney speak, which was accompanied by, quote, fickle camera work. So I don't know who wow. wrote this quote. But clearly, they did not kind. watch the movie because this idea that like, oh, what a Disney, you know, sort of speechy. I don't remember like uh, Melanie Griffith screaming out for her mother as she's being like laid that upon was not by cool. a lion. That's like, that's not acting. That's not cute. Yeah. And this fickle <laughs> like, camera were... work he's complaining yeah. about. Yeah, because the cameramen are being chased by fucking lions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, to me, the fickle camera work is cutting around all of the real blood gushing out of yeah, people. Exactly. Um. So in, in terms of the camera work, the cinematographer on this to go back to some movie stuff is a guy named Jan de Bont, which is kind of surprising because I was like, Oh, this guy is an actual cinematographer. He did in a couple of his things were he did Cujo. He did jewel of the Nile. He did die hard. He did the hunt for red October and he did lethal weapon three and basic instinct. The guy actually has, you know, real credits to his name, but yeah. So he also almost died doing this movie. (laughs) Yeah, they they continuously had cast members who would just not come back. She's like, no, dude, I got eaten. I almost got eaten by a lion. <laughs> What's her face? Literally, almost lost her eye. Yeah, Melanie Do we Griffith. Yeah, start doing yeah. body oh, count yeah. stuff because we can't. Yeah, get so queued up. <laughs> oh, I got, I got um, I got uh, the two competing quotes: one from Tippi Hendren <laughs> and one from John Marshall, the director's son, who was the guy in the barrel. Uh, mm-hmm. So. Tippy Hendren says, so, so apocryphally in the tagline of this movie, like this is the most dangerous movie ever made. But Tippy Hendren says, uh, Tippy Hendren refutes the long reported number telling the outlet, Vanity Fair, uh, we didn't have that many. Maybe they're talking about the number of people who hit their thumb when they were pounding on a nail. In five years, I think there were like seven people that were hurt, but not seriously. Let's contrast this with John Marshall, the guy in the, the bucket, yeah, who yeah. said, Tippy disputes the number. I believe that number is inaccurate. I believe it's over a hundred. It's somewhere between oh 70 and a hundred. It is the most dangerous movie in history. This was a year before, <laughs> uh, to Xfinity. Awesome. <sighs> I, but that is incredible. And I think for the amount of people injured, I see their claim, but it, a hundred percent is not the most dangerous movie in history because they are not thinking about like twenties and thirties pre union movies. Oh, and yeah. Screen actors guild, because there was, I think it was a Noah. It was either, Metropolis or it was the Noah's Ark movie where they literally just flooded a sound sta- like soundstage with extras in it and extras cool. died oh. because they were be- like yeah Holy it's shit. all rumor and stuff like that because it was no fucking actual thing but like yeah like people do- there's there's movies have had body counts before so well, what was that that famous I understand like their claim DW- but it was all injuries I'm thinking of like the D.W. Griffith movie where it's like Babylon or there's some temple and then they literally just burn that entire set down. Yes. And just like a that set was that was the size of a city. Yeah, intolerance. Yeah. Let's just um, let's burn it down. That's probably actually, not going to spread to anywhere dangerous. In one of the new Planet of the Apes, I don't know if you've 
watched them yet, but there is like a major structure that they actually burned down to the ground again. So they got one take on oh, that. Damn. And it's like one of the more recent times I've heard about something like that. It looks really cool. Okay. Uh, and also in Nightmare on Elm Street, when uh, Johnny Depp gets pulled into the into the he bed, really dies. He, yeah, Johnny Depp actually <laughs> died there, and some new complete Johnny Depp has just actually just picked up Aztec gold, and then they based exactly. that, and that's how they made Pirates of the Caribbean. It's just it's a loose biography of Johnny Depp. <laughs> it's just all made into a period piece. Sorry, what, yeah. So the sorry, for anybody who hasn't seen it, there's a scene where he gets pulled into his bed, and like a waterfall of blood gushes out of it and up into the ceiling. It's incredible. Yeah, the way they did that is by the room could rotate. So they just put it upside down and then poured a bunch of blood through it. So it all, you know, film it upside down, whatever. But uh, they didn't really think it out physics wise. So when they drop all of the blood, it sets the rotation off of its axis and the room starts spinning wildly <gasps> out of control. And there's a oh bunch of lights and shit in there. So it starts ripping all of these cords out yeah. and things start flying everywhere. And there's electricity shooting out and blood splattering everywhere. And everybody has to clear out to not die. What an actual Except terror. Poor, <laughs> poor Johnny Depp, who unfortunately well, died blood. at that moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was his blood. He was sending everything everywhere. <laughs> Rest oh in peace, God. Johnny Depp. Anyways. Um, as for, okay, we'll, we'll get into the body count of this movie. Um, the obviously the tagline talking about around seventy people in the cast and crew believed to have been injured during yes, the production. We will not list all of them. Um, so I'm going to go through the the highlights that I have. Uh, the cinematographer Jan de Bont had his scalp lifted by a lion, resulting in 220 stitches. Tip your head. Can we uh, can we play a game? Uh, can we just guess the number <laughs> yes! of stitches per injury? All right. So okay. Brian, you've got the figures okay, before okay. you, right? All right, Jorge, let's guess. Yes. Okay. Well, you said all 200. Right, so- for Tippy Hedren. That one was already yeah, done. For the, for the next one. For the next one. Yeah. All right. So Tippy Hedren. Here is the damage. And then you'll say how many stitches she probably needed in total. Okay. She received a fractured leg after an elephant bucked her off its back while she was riding Zero it. stitches. She received, scalped wo- she received scalp wounds and was bitten in the neck by a lion. Oh, so we want to go total stitches. number of stitches over everything? Yeah. Total number of stitches. I'm going 500 stitches. stitches. I'm going to go 501. It's 38 stitches. You guys are way off. <laughs> okay. So we lost the okay, prices right, right there. So, so one guy on takes a whole 200 stitches to put That's his head back his, together. No, because his scalp got lifted off. You have to do all of this, like, all around the top of the head. <laughs> Tippy Andrew got bit in the neck, and that's, 30, first of all, 38 stitches on your neck is still a lot oh, of fucking stitches. Oh, I thought you said stitches. head, too. No, no, no. Basically, if someone got scalped, yeah, that's probably a lot of stitches. But bites are kind of whatever. Right, well, it's still closer um, than Taylor, so. Uh, Melanie Griffith mm. uh, got scratched in the face, and it was feared she would lose an eye. How many stitches? 35. stitches. How many? I said 300. He said 35. I said 35. Uh, 50 stitches. Damn. So Taylor is... <laughs> hey. uh, thankfully, winner, thankfully winner, she recovered and was not dinner. disfigured. Um, <laughs> also, I didn't know that Melanie Griffith is Dakota Johnson of Fifty Shades fame's mother. Yeah. This whole family yeah. has been in fucked up movies. Yeah, forever. <laughs> um... <laughs> No, okay. No, Marshall does not have. Uh, we I don't have a count of how many stitches he received, but he was attacked so many times that he was eventually diagnosed with something. What was it? Oh, gangrene. Oh. <laughs> Holy shit! Yes. 
Jesus. I actually read I that gonna, one. He was diagnosed with gangrene. It was in my brain knocking around somewhere. I, I was going to go with that uh, that crazy cat disease, the one that makes you think that cats are amazing. Oh, lycanthropy. So feeding them. Like he oh just my got... God. <laughs> whatever. But like mesothelioma or whatever the fuck the, the cat the... disease is. <laughs> that like makes you like cats. Um, um, okay. There's a, there's a what, few yeah. weird things with cats. There's like, you can get taxa, ta- toxoplasmosis from yes, kitty that's litter the disease. boxes. That's the disease. But I don't know that it makes you like cats. It just increases your probability of having schizophrenia. <laughs> well, I mean, so yeah, Jeez. like you're going to have more cats. Um, um, and also, it makes mice less afraid of cats so that they go up to them and then get eaten. Wow. It's like, it's fucky. It just makes them like, where they're like, hey. Yeah, it's like one of those zombie ones. There's another one that uh, it gets in. There's that fungus, I know. There's one that gets inside of snails uh, and infects their, one of their like antennas and makes it look like a juicy caterpillar so that a bird will come eat it because they, they like reproduce inside the bellies of birds. And then they get shit back out under the ground, get onto a snail again, and then go through the whole process again. They're on cats. Cats do not purr or they don't meow at each other um, in just between cats. They literally only do that to people because <laughs> they have like, well, because it, it uh, like a baby crying, like we physiologically can't ignore a baby crying and meows somehow like work the same way on the human mind in that, that we cannot ignore cats down. when they fucking meow and they only meow to people. If so you notice, just been... lions and tigers don't meow. I can't help but think that we meowed first, then. But um, <laughs> that's even uh, scarier. That the cat, like uh, the cats, were in their little cat cabal, their cat cadre, their cat cabaret, or whatever the cats do. And they the like, hey, you know, Frank, the guy who like feeds me and I own, like, did this weird thing to me. I yeah. think it was like a a meow, a meow. And, like, wait, seriously? <laughs> and they all just start doing it at each other, and a bunch of people come around, like, what is this strangely? unignorable noise yeah. that's happening and the cats were like okay we we got a fucking trade oh, secret it. right yeah, here like... homies yeah <laughs> they just, they're like ah the worm is on the hook and we're sending that shit out perfect <laughs> cats are dicks though i'm not cats, by the way i'm pretty I'm sure not like a fan pound of cats for pound either. i'm pretty sure pound for pound House cats are the most aggressive species of cat. Yeah, right. Like if they were the if they were as large as a lion, they would take over because they would just be absolute dicks about everything. Oh, cats like house cats decimate local wildlife. They they destroy yeah. birds and rodents and all sorts of things apart from pests just because they're they're hunters. They're they're apart the from same pests. cats that wanted to like feed on man flesh and the only reason they themselves don't feed on man flesh is that we move and we're bigger than them. And when one of those two yeah. things isn't true, cats feed on us. You know what I think they've mastered is their one attack on man, which is the the cat scratch, which hurts so unbelievably bad, <laughs> but is not like bad enough to for you to get rid of the cat, you know? Correct. It's just like it's just, you can't really complain about a cat scratch, but it's like so hard, but like it doesn't do so, any real damage. Yeah, it's just sadism. I'm allergic to cats. <laughs> so whenever I'm over at my buddy's house and the cat accidentally scratches me because it's a very friendly cat and wants to snuggle and shit, whenever it scratches me, I like instantly like explode in hives in that localized mm-hmm. spot because he like put his venom into me with that one <laughs> yeah. little scratch it is always like you see gonna... the one claw come out and he just goes scratch. yeah i was gonna say accidentally is in heavy quotation marks there where you were like he accidentally scratches me <laughs> Did I every time that? i'm there 
<laughs> yeah, the cat is That's just like licking its funny. one claw curiously, like, hmm. Yeah. I wonder. <laughs> it's just, you know. Oh, it worked God. last time. I wonder if I'll do it again. And it'll... <laughs> what you going to do about it? Exactly. So this cat, this friendlier cat, of this is my buddy Ian, by the way, their cats. Uh, he was, he got, <laughs> so they had the one cat already, and then he worked at a camp, the same camp I'm going to be working at during the summer. And he, his wife, uh, Rosie, was working at the camp as well. And he walks by and he sees this orange dumpster cat just hanging out around. And his first thought is, I got to get rid of this fucking cat. <laughs> the way I remember the story being told <laughs> Is Rosie comes around and sees, oh my god, look at the kitty! <laughs> and, just, and that's how we have the dumpster cat. <laughs> that's how we have the cat. Um, that's fucking incredible. She I don't know how much of that is true, but that's what I remember being told. I was gonna say. It's, I mean, it's also, really like, hard to say no to a cute alley cat that comes and starts Absolutely, like... absolutely. My favorite part about this movie, though, is that it is made with an environmental lesson like, I think the Disney speak thing was about the actual, quote, acting in the film where, like, Noel Marshall was like, you know, the cats just need love. They're all real good. We don't need to be killing them. It's a, not the way. We got to save their lands and stuff. This movie is pro-cat. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. And all you watch so is 50 let's... minutes of a snuff film with animals. Yeah. Like They do, like, yeah, a imagine, 180. Um... They just, like, wake up. They go to sleep oh. in one room and all the cats come in while they sleep and they wake up and they're like, oh, that's it. We're dead. And they're like, oh, no, they're nice. Never mind. We love cats now. Yeah. So ba- basically- they got they, they got fucking toxoplasmosis <laughs> in the nighttime. That's what <laughs> they, fucking happened there. They, they got insta Stockholmed and they were just like, OK, because, yeah, they literally spend all this time getting away. And then by the my favorite part of it is they basically go they get out of the big house. Right. And then they look over and they go. Oh, there's like another house over there. And they walk through a couple of chain link fence like gates. And I'm like, you guys were supposed to go there the whole time. And you just, you never did. This whole movie could have been avoided if you just went over there instead of right directly into the actual murder house. But they go over there and they just lay on the floor because they're fucking absolutely exhausted. Yeah, because they've been fighting the cats all night, right? They've been just battling back yeah. the cat. They've so been surviving it, the cats. The the way that but, this is set up, we mentioned it's a horror film. Oh yeah, go go for because I got I, the fact that this is a pro cat movie. The oh whole, my fucking god! But the whole thing about it is, so they go to sleep just on the floor, right? And I'm like, oh, they're safe, and then the dad's gonna come in, and then he's gonna slowly reintroduce them to the cats, right? Wrong. The cats are like, nah, your your fucking watch has just begun, motherfuckers. There's no way I'm letting you out of this hellscape. <laughs> And they fucking sneak past that other fence and they just hop in there and they go, hey, what's up? And then they just, they lay down and fall asleep next to the whole family. The family wakes up in literally a pile of lions and they're like, <gasps> and they start like, they, they're kind of moving slowly, but like the ones near them, they move a little quickly. And then the lions, those lions kind of wake up a little bit and they're just like, hello. And then the family is just like, oh, because they're not immediately trying to kill us like they were before, they must be our best friends. That they was one of the scariest them and petting fucking scenes them, to and me. it's like, 
Because yeah, I, I, like, I knew, I could see it, I could see it, I could see it in my mind's eye that that <laughs> Tippi Hendren was going to wake up and start screaming that yes. you know, she is like covered <laughs> yes. in lions, and that's when like, yes. oh, looks like meat's back on the menu, and like, like you just start the bloodbath. <laughs> yeah, but, I was waiting you know, for it to be the, like a scene from Texas Chainsaw Massacre where they wake up and they're at the dinner table, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, literally, they were on a dinner table. Like, anywhere that they are on a board <laughs> as people in that environment is a dinner table. Was the dinner table. <laughs> my, so, yeah, the fact that this movie is pro-cat just fucking blows my mind. Because the only thing I want to do is make sure that, you know, we never allow this many cats to be around each other ever again. Because when they're going into the house the first time, like like a haunted house movie, you just get the scant little bits like, oh my God, there's a lion yeah. up there and no one's noticing. There's two and on it's the like, roof yeah, looking really down. Two minutes, like... two minutes while they're just being studied by the beast. And the yeah. fact that, okay, can you imagine any other movie that follows the same plot? Can you imagine if Arnold Schwarzenegger at the end of Predator says, oh, by the way, we need, we need to like, like the Predator <laughs> Don't or whatever. try, don't yeah, try. But like, can you imagine if, you know, after he gives this nice high five to his buddy and says, so we both know what we need to do now. Yep. Yeah, we need to start a conservation project yeah. for the predator. <laughs> just what? Because <laughs> it's literally the same plot. Yeah, I don't think oh I've ever been like cheering for the poachers to come back because I'm just yeah. like, come save Tippy. She's in so much it's danger. Like, Melanie is absolutely terrified. Please Somebody save this young woman. Get this man's family away from him because he's psychotic. <laughs> he needs to be put down. That's the yeah, crazy. And it doesn't help that he it. talks. He talks like a, a, like an insane person, like someone who's been exposed to the sun and is in desperate need of hydration <laughs> and shelter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. He keeps talking. Well, you got you gotta save the cats. I, yeah, I mean, just it's, I can't believe that the poachers want to kill it's my the, cadre of hundreds of cats. Like, it's just like, like an insane uh, Jimmy unglued. Stewart trying to fucking yeah. appeal to the people, <laughs> the the lions' better angels, and it's like. My favorite part oh. is he's doing all this talking with his friend and he like lions are coming up and legitimately, by the way, like they are hugging him. They're saying like, hello. And they're like jumping up to like put their paws on his shoulders. And he has to literally just like heave them off with all he's got strength. Where he's just like, get the fuck down. Like pushing their faces away from him because they're trying to lick him. And he knows that if they lick him, they could rip his skin off with how abrased <laughs> their fucking tongues are. They can literally scalp you with that. Like, a lot of the scalping that happened wasn't these aggressive moves. It was somebody grabbing hair, like a, a lion getting a paw full of hair held down and the person tried to move and it just went, nope, and just fucking pulled on it. Like, that's what happens with this thing. And so he's got this completely scratched up shirt with holes in it and you're like, oh, yeah. you know he's been filming and just dealing with these lions, but he's so kind to them and you're like, this is fucking it. Oh, my, my favorite, favorite, no, my part. favorite, oh no, my favorite scene of this, this shit the- was right at the beginning <laughs> yes. when he's talking to his buddy and his buddy is like, like, I'm on your side, man, but like, this is, this is a dangerous place. Goes, no, what yeah. are you talking about? There's, <laughs> 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 oh, it's like it literally pounced upon yeah. by one and then immediately yeah. 40 other cats and he has yeah, to like exactly. you just see like, like his one arm sticking out in the mess of death and he like climbs out like, ah get 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 out of me ah, get, <laughs> yeah. oh, you, guys, you, you know you're not supposed to like what the hell is wrong with oh, you you're he, literally I, in the feeding <laughs> frenzy <laughs> I love when really, he's cat, when uh, the cat does just come out of frame and <laughs> <laughs> straight across <laughs> but um 
I love I love the one where Togar and Robbie are fighting. They're in color, like rah, 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 coming at each other. And Noel is like, you know what I'll do? Run in between them. So he starts running, by the way, and my favorite part is he starts running and this same thing happens again. One of the lions behind him is like, oh, we're running now. And he goes, hello. And he just tackles <laughs> Noel to the ground. And Noel's be like, get the fuck off me. I'm trying to save those lions. You ain't and saving anybody, dude. He starts going uh. in and he starts doing the big, like, you know what you're supposed to do when a bear comes at you when you're like, you, you put your, you and make yourself clear, as big as possible. And only for black bears. That's for black bears. The other only. half of bears grizzly, in this country, it'll you just ruin your kiss life. your bum goodbye. Yeah, yeah you just like, you pray to whatever saint that you want and just accept the sweet embrace of death. Like that's those and are your hope Some divine pillar of protection comes down between the two of you. Um, but yeah, he fucking runs in between two fighting lions. He is an absolute maniac. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, and yeah, when when he gets in between Robbie and Togar. He, you know, so like I think it's either Togar, probably Togar. You know Togar. Togar just like classic Togar, and the guy like he like flies six feet in the air like whoa, (laughs) (laughs) ass over apples backwards, and he literally has to to, like get up and enter into the fray again. Whereupon he is easily beaten away again, like four times. He also at no point says that lines don't hurt people. All he says Correct. is that, oh, he works for Robbie, the king of the lions, so he's safe. Yeah. Robbie's the alpha, and Robbie is nice, which is why things are going pretty well. But he is fully understanding, which is appreciative. He fully understands his place in this system, where he is like, I am not the alpha here. Yeah, it's like... I am under the rule of a benevolent god. Togar is still alive at the end of the movie, which means that yes. any minute he could come defeat Robbie, and then that whole family's lunch. Yes. That's it. That that family needs to keep that gun to shoot Togar so that they can keep the, <laughs> the reign of their benevolent that was despot the thing. in like, fucking power. You couldn't even hope for them to get a gun because it's like, that's not going to do anything. They're going to knock that toy out of your yeah. hand. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, great. I shot 10 of the literal dozens of lions as they're coming at me. There's a reason. Remember the, the last scene in Alien versus Predator where they're on top of, or that one scene where they're, the predators are desperately shooting as all of the aliens like climb yes. up the Inca pyramid and are you know, just mm-hmm. about to overcome them? Or like yeah, World War cool. Z when the zombies are literally spilling over each other and going up the wall? Imagine mm-hmm. that, but with literal lions. <laughs> and that was real lions. moments of this movie. Yeah. No CGI, no nothing. And we, were, right? we were not exaggerating before. They had literally over a hundred wildcats in that oh. home. Oh, it's crazy! Absolutely. I don't want to film with a hundred people in one room. No, no. You were you were saying that during the filming, where you were like, imagine how terrifying it is just thinking about the amount of people. Flo- well, if, just if like a hundred. If those people flooded through the door like that, you would be terrified. Now imagine they're all one-ton death machines coming at you like that. There like, is one scene where there's so many lions that flooded through an open door. There's yeah. literally, if they were ducks, I would be scared. It was giving me claustrophobia. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious, by the way. <laughs> they were ducks. I, I'm, I, I take it back. I love this movie, dude. I'm down for this. This is definitely going to get a few rewatches. This movie... First of all, even if you don't watch it multiple times, you, everyone should watch this movie once. Yeah. It is just required. And whatever lesson you get out of it, that's the point. That is the, I can it, almost guarantee it's, it's not point, conservation. That's not the lesson like, you're going to get like, out of this movie. I don't know, dude. They're mad cute. <laughs> that's the problem. Like, yeah, when they start showing the babies at the end, just so they put out the horrifying walking set of jaws and claws that were previously <laughs> attacking the poor innocent families. Yeah. I don't know. Robbie was nice. 
Robbie was very nice. He only mildly traumatized the family, whereas Togar majorly traumatized them. <laughs> Literally, know, Roar 2 just... will have the same plot line as goddamn Friday the 13th 2, where it's just like, oh, okay, so that's not really the villain we thought it was, and now now it's the villain we thought it was. And <laughs> exactly. Togar's going to come back and murder everyone one at a time, getting slowly and slowly more sadistic. I love it. And that's the only plot. That's I... the plot of Roar 2. Togar's, you know, inevitable, absolutely inevitable rise. Also, just just to be clear for everyone, a lot of the injuries we mentioned, like, you know, the whole thing with Melanie Griffith's eye or the uh, cinematographer, obviously, but, like, Tippi Hedren... I, I, it's unclear if the leg break is in the film or not, but a lot of this stuff is not in the film. A lot of this footage is gone, is, is cut, was on the cutting room floor or left in a reel. It didn't make the final cut. However, there is one shot I very vehemently remember. Uh, one, Noel Marshall actually hurts his hand, and you can see him wrapping it up uh, Leo DiCaprio style from Django, where like he actually injured himself, and you see the fucking bandage on it in the next shot because he's just actually got cut by a lion. But when the poachers and the other group of people start coming in, and that's when the tigers first do the dick move of going, oh, I can drown this boat. That's great. This is awesome. Uh, they do that, and they fucking fuck up the trainers, who the real-life trainers slash the in-movie poachers. And there's one close-up shot of the poacher being pulled away, and it's just <sighs> real blood all over mm. his face. And I'm like... That was the scariest thing I've ever seen. Like, I've seen people open up with fake blood, like, guts spill out, all that shit. I don't care anymore. I'm a hardened, <laughs> like, I'm such a hardened gangster compared to that stuff now because I just watched a real guy, like, lose so much blood to a tiger and pulling on his head. What makes it even worse is the main guy saying, oh, you just got a little scratch. I'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> yes. I made the lion mad. Like, I'm I'm watching a man on the brink of death being dragged out He's of the mouth of blood mask. pool of water. Like... <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it is kind of fun because it's the director, too, saying that. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. the, that's, Jorge, that's the only person who would be saying that. Yeah, no. I like <laughs> what we were... cop, it's just a scratch. We were talking a little bit about uh, sequels, and I think I think what I settled on was we get a thousand lions, and it's in the apartment complex, oh. and you don't tell oh, any yes. of the residents. <laughs> you just surprise half. You leave half of the blood... Ha one side of the building completely empty and then one side filled with residents and then you fill all of the empty apartments with <laughs> lion families and then you just go see you later like have fun yeah. um i yeah one of the I other also talked was... about like building the 20 foot tall concrete wall around it so that even there is no escape like oh, in the yeah, one so that... night you have to keep them in so a snuff film so a snuff film yes you yeah. just want you want to yeah. make a snuff film yeah you gotta, you gotta go bigger and better for the sequel Hey, what was the quote you're talking uh, about? <laughs> one of them. It might have been Tippy, I don't remember. Uh, he's talking about like, oh yeah, you couldn't make a movie like that now with all these safety regulations. Like, what what could we do different? Like, this just is how it is. People are gonna get hurt. All we can do is hope that nobody dies. Hope. Not like that was oh that was the my attitude. God. She also you know in that same quote says, like, what else are we gonna do? Do it with dogs and just yeah, yeah. that's yeah. not how that works. So which makes me think that the the sequel is literally Cujo, except they they couldn't do it with a live lion, so they got a live dog instead, following <laughs> the exact suggestion of Tippy Henderson. But 
the difference is <laughs> Cujo was a trained dog with a professional handler behind like the camera at all dogs. times. Yeah, they probably what? had to cut the scene with the live rabbit dog that they let eat those people. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird that the two uh. act, the two main actors of this change halfway through the film. I don't understand why that is. Um, okay. Oh my god. <laughs> can we do? Can we do a quick? Fans Kids Corner. Can we, can we do a quick shout out to for for our people? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Who are we shouting out today? I, I will I would first like to to thank your friend for, for suggesting Roar. RJ? Oh yeah. He changed my life with this movie. Yeah. That was an experience. <laughs> thank you. Congratulations on being the first first user suggested episode. Mm-hmm. Um also want to shout out to Garrett, who started playing Elite Dangerous, apparently, because of that episode. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Um, we uh, we love you, and I've never met you, but I know that I know you better than Brian already. Um, wow. I, oh, I'm, I, glad, I'm oh. glad that you're our biggest fan. Oh, I'm going to get in a real fight right now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're friends. Thank you, Garrett. That question's been answered. Um, we're clearly friends. And I, that's all. that's all I got this time. Yeah, so we'll we'll start doing a little bit more of the uh, the shout outs and the the thank yous now that we're starting to get a couple more suggestions. But so like we started last week, we want to start announcing what we're going to do in the next episode, just so you guys can catch up, be ready for it. So, Brian, your uh, your episode is next week. What are we going to be talking about? So I've got a little thing in store. Uh, as some of you know, uh, I am what you would call a fan of what others would call professional wrestling. So I am going to do a Are We Friends exclusive three-part series on pro wrestling starting next uh, next week. Uh, we're going to be talking about old-school wrestling to begin. Fuck yeah. All right, and I am just tingling with anticipation about that. Um, so. Did you drip that more with... <laughs> <laughs> so do we want to do a quick one? Do you think we're friends on this one, guys? Totally. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, in the same way that people who experience war together uh, see things yes. that will change them forever, I think exactly we had that I exact thought. same experience. <laughs> and we just... had it together. We were in the foxhole together. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, dear. Make sure to, is... to let us know what you think about it and if you agree with us or you want to save all of the cats. Again, it's free on YouTube. There's no reason why you shouldn't watch it. Hour and a half long. Literally fascinating to watch. Yeah, it is the experience is a piece of performance art itself to watch this movie. All right, until until next week, guys. You can always find us on the World Wide Web at our Twitter and Instagram at underscore are we friends, all one word, or on the wider World Web at our website, r-we-friends.com, where we do have a contact us page. So feel free to contact us at any time. I have been your recently stitched and rescalped co-host, Taylor. I have been your clawed at cinematographer, Brian. And I'm still just Jorge. And if we survive, we will see you next week. Meow.